welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast, the show by fans for fans of your Milwaukee Brewers. Hello, Brewer fans. Welcome to the Brew Crew Review Podcast number 51. Our first 50 podcast brought you the glorious 2018 Milwaukee Brewers season, which ended uh, one game shy of the World Series. Um, so we're going to do a little uh, talking about that and some of the Brewers accolades they've gotten. Uh, with me today, is, of course, we've got Scott and Vince. Hey, guys. Hey, Craig. How are you? Doing good. Hey, everybody. How's the off-season treating you guys so far? Not too bad. I would have much more enjoyed the um, going to the World Series parade here in downtown Milwaukee, but uh, I know you guys probably wouldn't have been able to make it back anyway, so I guess no no, no big deal either way. Um, we'll get the next one. So, yeah, the next one, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully not to wait as long. But, um, we'll just have Christian right, so Yelich uh, driving into Miller Park on a motorcycle. Yeah. We, we've uh-huh. never actually had a victorious World Series parade. No, but I'm I'm just referencing the 82 and Robin. Neal. Yeah. We may be the only city in baseball history that has thrown a parade for a losing team. We should oh, do it every do year. Again. should do it every year. Might as well. Yeah. Just go down Thank to the Summerfest grounds and stand appreciation day. Sell uh, discounted t- season tickets for the following year. Be great. As soon as our season ends, some years it was in June, but whatever, warmer for the parade. But this year it didn't end until um, almost the end of October. Unfortunately, a little shy, but the Brewers did have some awesome seasons turned in by a number of individuals. Uh, the foremost being uh, Kirsten Yelich, uh, who we acquired last offseason, and he was named almost unanimously the NL MVP, as well we're expecting. Um, I guess let's talk about that for a little bit. Um, the only other person that received a first-place vote was Jacob DeGrom, who is the NL Cy Young Award winner. Um, I guess what are you guys' overall thoughts? Uh, in the actual voting, let's see, uh, Javier Baez finished second. Nolan Arnato finished third. And also receiving some votes for MVP were, of course, the Brewers' Lorenzo Kane, and even Jesus Aguilar received some votes as well. So I guess we could talk about any of that. Is Hardcourt still voting, yeah. or <laughs> I someone probably should tell him that the voting occurred. Um, maybe send him a scoop. You can vote by for people way, outside of the Brewers too, Tom, if you want. But by the way, really quick on our colleague Tom Hodgecourt, guys, I hate to be the one to. Uh, I hate to be the one to break something in there. Is that Tom? Yeah, yeah Tom, can do that crying, that crying Tom again. But um, our our colleague Tom Audricourt has, has blocked us on Twitter. If you guys didn't know that, so. Oh man. Well, my life is over. Oh. Yep, we're gonna have to mail him another checklist this year for Christmas. Uh, another Christmas card. Oh, yep. they deserve that. Well, We'll buy it at West Dallas's finest gift store, and we can send it over to them, and it'll, it'll be great. But anyway, um, yeah, so, hey, on the MVP stuff, the, the, it's a big deal. The year that Christian Yelich had was a clearly um, just an incredible year. I don't think that the Brewers in their wildest dreams 
expected to have that sort of production from him when they acquired him via trade in, in late January from the uh, from the Marlins. And, you know, for a franchise that has been in existence for almost 50 years, we've only had five MVPs ever uh, in those years, two uh, from Robin Yount, one Brian Braun, Raleigh Fingers, and now Christian Yelich. So um, first time a Brewers won the MVP since 2011. Um, I, and I think just watching him day in and day out as, as fans um, and as journalists on this show – uh, was just an incredible joy. He, he was clutch. He came through in big moments. He had huge individual games, uh, two cycles in the year. Um, and it started from day one. I, I think everyone was impressed by him starting on opening day. He was made his, uh, made the all-star team this year and, um, had an even better second half somehow. So totally deserving award for Christian. And, um, let's hope it's, uh, it's, it's one of many awards that he gets while playing for the Brewers. Yeah, I couldn't have said it much better. I mean, you look at it, and, uh, I mean, this is a guy that we we kind of expected, like, I guess every every Brewer fan was dreaming that he would be able to put up these numbers. I myself was thinking, yeah, maybe in, I don't know, two or three years, he can really put together a season like this. And to, to do it in your first year like this so quickly, and it just makes you really excited for years to come, um, what what he'll be able to do, what this Brewer team will be able to do, and what will – as fans, uh, uh, hopefully be able to cherish. Yeah. I remember back, um, when Christian Yelich was drafted by the Marlins at a high school, um, toward the end of the first round. Um, I remember thinking, looking at his swing, being like, yeah, this looks like, uh, someone who could potentially win a future batting title. Um, and he did that this year that won the NL batting title. Matt, he's actually the first forever to win a batting title. I mean, you look at his other numbers on top of that, and it's arguably possibly the best offensive season in Brewers history. Um, obviously, right up there with uh, Braun and Yount, uh, I think, you know, one of Braun's seasons and, and Yount's, um, or, or Braun's MVP season, obviously, Yount's uh, 82 MVP season. I think those are all definitely in the running. But, I mean, he definitely carried us pretty far deep in the playoffs. Uh, without Christian Yellow having the August, September they did, we, we would not have gotten that far. Um, he did not, he trailed off a little bit in the offseason. He didn't really keep up that torrid pace, uh, which was unfortunate because I think if he could have got that up a little longer, definitely could have propelled us a little bit further, which would have been nice. But overall, what an unbelievable season. And just the fact that uh, we have such a valuable commodity now and he's just going to be basically our new franchise player here moving forward. And we have control of him for quite a bit more, so that's pretty exciting, definitely. So, Craig, you bring up an interesting point. You know, how, how would you guys compare Yelich's uh, 2018 MVP season with the other four times that the Brewers have won the award? Um, I, I guess I'm curious to hear your viewpoints. I'll just throw out there really quick. I Yelich had a great season, like, in 1989, but I don't know, you know, when you're not in the playoff picture, um, I'm not sure that it stacks up even after a great individual season, but how would you guys compare – you know, the other times the Brewers have won the MVP award with Yelich is 2018. Well, I'll say, I guess if I had to pick, I'd put Yelich second behind uh, Yount's 82 season just because, you know, Yount didn't win the bank title. I believe he hit uh, 330-something that year. Uh, did have similar numbers as uh, Yelich. He had over 100 RBIs and uh, I think finished with either 29 or 30 home runs that year. Um in fact, it was 29, I'm pretty sure, because I looked at Yon's overall career stats, and he never had a 30-home run season, believe it or not. 
Um, but anyway, he, he was a mile of consistency, but in that season in particular, he was, a, uh, you know, he was playing shortstop at that time, and that's a pretty valuable position um, to play in. Those offensive numbers at that position are just unbelievable. So I would probably still put that as the, the best first season ever, and obviously we, that did propel us all the way to the World Series that year. So Our our intern, Michelle, um, has confirmed, Craig, you're correct on some of these stats. Young Bad at 331. In 1982, he had 29 home runs and 114 RBIs, uh, 14 stolen bases on the year. So those are pretty similar um, to um, Yelich's numbers. Yelich probably had more steals and a slightly yeah. higher average, is it? But uh, besides that, pretty much – oh, and more home runs. But yeah, overall, that's Incredi- pretty, pretty much on par. In- incredibly, that season, Yelich struck out only 63 times total on the year. Unbelievable. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I'd probably give the the nod to young season as well. I mean, I'd like to actually see like when you like what numbers look like when people just adjust them for park and adjust them for era and, and era almost yeah yeah and just kind of see like you know how how they really stack up. But just looking at it, um, yeah, I would I'd give it to the '82 season. That's that's a great point, Scott, because that era thing is really, really interesting to me. You know, when Robin Yount was coming into his own and in 1982 um, playing shortstop, he was at the very dawn of the offensive-minded shortstop in many ways, you know, where you had guys like Cal Ripken Jr. and Alan Trammell and um, Robin Yount. But before that, it had been very defensive, uh, a very defensive position outside of a few aberrations, guys like Ernie Banks and – and a, and a couple others, but um, Young really had set the trend in many ways by being as good of an offensive shortstop as he was and was. And of course, injuries led him to be moved to center field a few seasons later. But when he was at shortstop, he was definitely leading a, a new wave of offensive shortstops that led to guys like A. Rod and Jeter and Omar Gamara and other guys uh, in the next generation. And just to give you an idea, I guess, like just for fun, I just looked it up. There were like a uh, little over 3,300 home runs in eight, back in 82, and there were over 5,500 in 2018. So, um, I mean, obviously we we know that there's a lot more home runs now than there were then, but that's a, a pretty big difference. Yeah, great point, Scott. Absolutely. Um, so talking about some of the other posting the awards, uh, well, NL Manager of the Year ended up going to the Braves uh, manager. The council missed out on that one, uh, which I thought he deserved, especially with his handling of the unique bullpen and really getting that far with a team that really had very few expectations coming in the year. I know we were only game uh, playoffs last year altogether, but still, I think, I don't know, I think Council kind of got the shaft on that one. Might be biased. Um, yeah, I mean. I, I'd probably be, yeah. I, I'd tend to agree. Um, but it's it's hard to argue either one. I mean, um, maybe just that, you know, when you look at it, we obviously won, what, 10 more games than we did last year, I guess. But um, the Braves were so, so bad last year that, uh, they did a great job turning it around this year, so uh, I think that that might have probably more to do with it than than the actual managerial. I mean, it's hard to quantify uh, that kind of stuff anyway, so, um, you know, I, I couldn't argue either way. Yeah, and I kind of tend to think that maybe Council should have won it in 2017 by taking a club that had been 
fairly bad the year before, bringing him close to the playoffs as he did. Um, and it's a lot. It's very similar to me to what Brian Spencer did in Atlanta this season, taking a team that wasn't very good last season and, and bringing them into the playoffs um, in 2018. So um, I think Council probably should have won one of the last two years, but it, you know it's unfortunate it finished the way that it did. That might be a and good ball question. Like, uh, did yeah. did Council manage better this year or last year? Yeah, ask the interns to post it, Scotty. All right, we'll throw it up there and see what's going on. So overall, uh, we're getting into the off season here, and there's going to be uh, much ballyhooed free agent class. Um, I know Clayton Kershaw's already resigned with the Dodgers, so that takes one name out of it. So a couple of really huge names, obviously, out there in a pretty deep and strong class all all together. Um, I guess we can talk about a little bit about maybe our free agent predictions for the Brewers. Last year, obviously, the Lorenzo Cain signing was our biggest, but it's hard for me to see us making a huge splash this year and whether or not our payroll even affords for it. So uh, I don't know what your guys' thoughts on this year's free agent class and maybe possible destinations where you think names like Bryce Harper or uh, Manny Machado will land. I mean, I don't think that the Brewers are obviously going to be in contention for either one of those two guys specifically. Um the weird thing with Harper, I, I don't know what to think with him. I There's part of me that thinks he's actually going to come back to Washington on a on maybe even a one-year deal. He didn't have the best of seasons last year, so I don't know if that's going to drive down his value a little bit. Um, then again, who knows? Some team, all it takes is one team that's willing to spend, you know, $400 million on a on a contract for him. So it, it, it's tough to say. I, um, Machado, I think, did hurt his stock a little bit in the postseason by the antics, by – you know, trying to step on Jesus Aguiar and uh, his, his quote about not being a hustle type of player was ridiculous. And But then again, there's going to be a team. Uh, I think that Philadelphia's got the money to burn this offseason, and they're going to want to add um, some offense. I, I could see them being active. Um, certainly there's always the Cubs. Um, you know, it's, it'll be interesting. I, I don't think that anyone has any clue yet where this is headed because it's you know, driven by many last-minute factors in some ways. But um, it should be interesting. But I, I wouldn't be surprised in a weird prediction to see Harper sign a, a shorter one- to two-year deal to come back to, to D.C. Yeah, some of your thoughts are interesting, Vince. Um, I almost think Machado might be someone who has to end up taking a shorter-term deal because of his, you know, ridiculous offseason. But um, – or I should say postseason um, – but Harper, on the other hand, uh, it's hard for me to say he could come back to the Nationals, but I would think it's gonna, definitely not going to be a one-year deal. I, I think with Boris as his agent, I mean, there's just too much. He's he's set up for such a bang, uh, such a payday that I don't think that they'd risk him being like Mustakis or whatever you want to call, it, you know, like um, and and sell for a short-term deal just to restock value. I think that he's gonna, he's going to definitely hit the payday this year. I don't know who's going to pay it to him though. Uh, I think some of the fears are going to be the Cubs or the Cardinals. I'm hoping, as much as I hate the guy already, I guess I'd be fine with it. Straddle their payroll going forward. But the problem with doing that, I mean, especially when you look at the Cubs, saying a player like that, I don't know if it totally cripples their payroll uh, going forward, which sucks for a small team like the Brewers, but it's just the reality of it, I guess. Um, who's going to get the bigger deal? Definitely Harper. 
I mean, um, I mean yeah, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say per probably an average annual value, it'll be Harper. I don't know about overall um, size of the contract, but yeah, I think, I think Harper gets the nod a little bit um, in terms of the average annual value. Even though Harper is an outfielder versus Machado, who is technically still a shortstop, but likely will not remain there. So well, how shocked how shocked would you guys be if the Brewers signed? We're pretty serious. You know, I think the teams generally looked at a guy like that. You know, how do you sign a guy that says that he's not willing to be a hustle type player as to be like your franchise um, leader essentially? If you're going to give him this huge long contract, and he's got a ton of talent, he's got all the talent in the world. He's a great player, um, no question about it. But that being said, it just seems like if you're going to invest a ton of money in a guy it probably should be somebody who's willing to run out of ground ball. Yeah, I mean, it, it, even if you were saying, like, let's say these guys were on the tail end of their careers and they were just looking for a couple-year deal and it was something where the Brewers decided they were going to, quote, go for it or something like that, I don't think I'd want either of them on my team. But I don't know. I mean, like, Bryce Harper doesn't quite have – the, the bad, I guess, um, attitude or whatever you want to call it, that, that stigma or whatever that Machado has, but he hasn't exactly been clean as a whistle either. So I, I don't, I don't really want either of them. And, and that's fine because as a Brewers fan, I won't get them. <laughs> so. It's <laughs> a great point, Scott. So I guess that brings us to the point of, uh, uh, who out of free agent that's out there as a free agent? I, I don't think the Brewers really have that many holes on their team. Obviously, we we're probably going to lose a few guys that we won't bring back. But overall, especially on the offensive side, I'm not exactly sure uh, we have tons of holes. So, I mean, if we're going to make a splash in free agency, I think it would be with a pitcher. So, why not we go and sign someone like Dallas Keuchel or possibly even Patrick Corbin or something like that? It's probably less likely than us signing someone just like a reclamation project or someone similar to like Miley last year when you're looking at like Drew Pomeranz maybe or possibly even Anibal Sanchez. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on, on, on that, I guess? I mean, right now we have a ton of starting pitching options. I don't know how good they all are. There are also guys that may have had career years this year. It's hard to tell. I mean, we don't know what the effect is of Derek Johnson leaving for the Reds and how much of an impact he really had as a pitching coach. We don't know um, how guys like Brent Suter are going to come back from injury. We do know that Wade Miley is a free agent. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of question marks. So it would not hurt for the Brewers to find some starting pitching to be to be to be there as depth. Um, so that being said, I could see assigning like a middling starter again, like a Chassin type, and then maybe. Maybe if the right deal comes up, trying to get somebody who's got a little bit of higher ceiling um, to lead that rotation. And I think that I think that we, we saw the Brewers make some decisions essentially in the postseason on a guy like Chase Anderson. And I don't know that he's necessarily going to be a huge part of the picture going forward because we weren't willing to put him on the postseason roster, which tells me that the organization has lost a little bit of faith in him. So perhaps he's on the trading block. It's, it, there's a lot of variables right now. Um, obviously, Jimmy Nelson is another one coming back from an injury that we don't really know. Um, how he's going to pitch when he returns. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of question marks there. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, 
I'm not looking at any big deals, I guess, um, if we're looking specifically at pitcher. Um, I just have a feeling that if it is, it's going to be like a one- to two-year kind of deal. Just, I mean, it's sort of um, exactly like you said, like the next Miley, the next Justine or whatever it is. Um, I mean, off the top of my head, I thought that you listed some good options. I I guess maybe even like a uh, – maybe – like a Lance Lynn or a Charlie Morton or I don't know, maybe even a Hellickson. I, I don't know. But um, I, I would expect it to be something like that where um, somebody's just trying to get a couple of years left in their career and um, hopefully they can bring a little bit of a veteran leadership to that starting rotation. Giovanni Gallardo is available. So. Yeah, he is, Scott. That's a great point. We should just take a look at him every spring just to see what's yeah, left. But um, again. <laughs> might as well. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't know. I think that a guy like Corbin, his value is just incredibly high via free agency. So he's going to get a huge deal from, well, we've already heard that the Yankees are interested in, in who knows who else. It's going to be a, a big free agent contract. And we've seen David Stern shy away from doing that for starting pitching for whatever reason. And maybe that'll change this offseason Um since we did get fairly far in the playoffs in 2018. So maybe he's going to view a, a, a marquee starting pitcher as that last big chip that we need to, to make it to the world series. But um, I don't know. I, we, it's hard to say with his track record. He's had, he's had a couple teams that were bad uh, going into off seasons that he's had to work with. And so maybe it wasn't as big of a priority to sign a top quality starter, but this year it could be different. So I could just go in a few different directions. I know that that's not really a, a clear answer, but I, I think that it's realistic to think that maybe Stearns will approach this offseason a bit differently than other offseasons in the past, given how close we were in 2018. And really, I mean, when you look at the Brewers, um, just the way that we kind of do things, uh, it almost seems like our bullpen is going to throw just as many innings as our starting rotation. And if that's the case, um, you know, being able to have uh, a significant amount of depth in that bullpen is really, really important. And right. when, when a guy like um, Soria declines a $10 million option in going into what? This will be his age, I think, 36 season. Right. I mean, look at look at what the market's already shaping up to be. So, uh, I don't know. I think uh, it's going to be like we'd always joke, like, oh, Melvin's trying to find another nugget. Like, I think that uh, is very similar in that way. Yeah, I, I, I agree, and it seems especially that way in the bullpen. We've seen guys like Garrett Hughes over the last couple of years. Um, you know, we did it again this year with a couple of different guys, Xavier Cedeno and uh, or uh, I'm sorry, and uh, Soria and and others. Um, yeah, it's 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 really interesting, and that does, but it does beg the question. You know, going into the postseason, are we comfortable with a guy like Zach Davies or even Julius Chassin? do we really think that those are the guys that are going to be able to win games in a world series? Because that's the, we're on the cusp of a world series right now. If you give, if you look at our 2018 season. So if we're optimistically looking at 2019 and we think that we're just as good, do we think that once we get to that point, that those guys are going to be the guys that are going to be um, able to get wins in a world series against a team like the Red Sox? That's, that's the question for me. I, yeah, I doubt it, but unfortunately, to sign a free agent, uh, one of the top free agent starting pitchers would really straddle the Brewers 
Um, payroll, unfortunately, and there's just so much risk involved uh, with these pitchers that it's you know but, are inconsistent. We, Even Dallas Keuchel, former Cy Award winner, is you know not a shell of his former self in some ways. Um, you know, Corbin's the other name that I, a guy I really like, but um, he's less likely to sign with us. And uh, there's some risk involved. He's only really had one great year, and just um, I don't know that. Unfortunately, so I think to answer Vince's question, I, I think rather than have a big free agent splash, we'll we'll sign someone. Uh, I, I'll call him a rec- rather than a nugget like Scott does, like a reclamation type project where uh, we can we see something in the pitcher and sign the one or two year deal and see if we can uh, you know turn them around uh, to our benefit. I think it would be something like that. But if, we, if we're going to actually improve the rotation another way, I would think that possibly we could do it via trade. Um, you know, I don't want to keep throwing out the same names as we happen every year, but I mean, even like a Marcus Stroman or if, uh, if someone on a short team feel like even Sonny Gray is probably going to be traded. Or even you could, you know, pile a bunch of prospects and try to go for Noah Syndergaard again. I'm not sure the Mets are, are going to be trading him, but, um, you know, something along those lines, I could see Stearns looking into more so than signing signing a pitcher on that long, on such a huge contract. So um, that, that's my thoughts on I guess. And I, I would love to have an ace, but I just don't see us signing one. I guess. For the most well, part. I will. I will. Yeah, Craig. To your point, I will say that I think that this offseason we're going to see Stearns maybe be a little bit more aggressive. I think like if you look back at the offseason or the at, you know say at the deadline in twenty. Um, 2017, we weren't necessarily good enough to make that um, investment in a pitcher of the at the time, the name caliber of Sonny Gray, or you know, for any of the other starting pitchers that were more well known on the trading block that year. I think that maybe it's going to be a little different this off season, given the expectations created by this year. So perhaps that will come into play a little bit. Maybe the Brewers are going to be willing to deal from some of the depth in the farm system, guys like Corey Ray or. Um, even Keston Hira or um, or some of our other guys to get a top-line starting pitcher like a Syndergaard. I don't know that that's necessarily the wisest move, but it is an option, and I think that it'll be looked at a little bit more seriously now that we know that we are a talented team than we were a couple years ago at least. Then um, the other thing that we're not really talking about is that for many of our younger pitchers, they're going to get a longer look this year out of spring training. Guys like Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta and Corbin Burns all proved that they can get big league hitters out. And I think that they're all going to get a very long look in spring training to win a couple of those rotation spots. I can see at least two of those guys in the starting rotation to start the year. Yeah, I guess it wouldn't surprise me if something like that happened. Although I actually think that um, um, that we're probably not – I think that we've actually seen the bullpen of, uh, or the blueprint rather uh, of what David Stearns is going to try to accomplish. And I think that it's going to be very similar. Like uh, we're not going to break the bank on any free agents. That's, and, and that's smart. I mean, we don't make any money. Like our payroll is going to be low because the brewers are still the smallest market and that's just the way it is. But, um, you know, even having said that, I think that it's going to be sort of like a, we're going to create depth within the organization and hang on to that controllable talent. If there's something there in the winter meetings, then he's more than happy to make a trade. And we're going to acquire most of our talent via trade. And it's going to be sort of um, the type of thing like last year where if we're in it, he's not afraid to, like, get those role players that are going to be able to round us out and hopefully take us to the next step. 
Yeah, I mean, that's the one thing about the great 2018 Brewers season where they went, you know, basically on the cost of the World Series. But, I mean, uh, the fact of the matter is we did that with Stearns really not giving up any of our major prospect ships, so to speak. I mean, pro- obviously, Hira and Burns were considered our two blue-chip prospects, but even Freddie Peralta emerges one, and Brandon Woodruff was someone who definitely had some trade value, like a lot of trade value. And we decided to keep him too, um, even though we kind of used him in spotty roles and even had him in the minor leagues for much of the season. Um, when it came, he was a very valuable commodity to have, and I think he's proven himself to be a future, um, hopefully, member of the Brewers starting rotation, but um, we shall see. But overall, yeah, I, I think kudos to Stearns for making some of the acquisitions he did, those filling in the spots of veterans by uh, training from the lower levels of the minor leagues. Like when he did acquire Gio Gonzalez, who was an important piece, um, and other players, those role players, even a guy like Curtis Granderson having to give up what we did to get him, but that's important to a playoff-bound team. And, um, yeah, so with that being said, outside of like a big off-season trade where we bring in a uh, top-of-the-rotation type starter, I saw those minor league chips for – the trading deadline uh, to kind of fill in the holes, so to speak, with veterans again. Uh, and that's not a terrible strategy. Uh, that way, and if we don't contend or something like that, then we can hold back on those guys and save them for next offseason or, or develop them or whatever we want to do. So, I've got a uh, set of rapid nines here if we want to just do that really quick. Let's do it, and let's try to do it quick because obviously it's 10 minutes. So, yeah, I think I can. Well, it's just because it's rapid doesn't mean – I mean – Scott, you take your time, though, on stuff, just so you know. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of times right. you have to explain your points and, you know, expand on it. and Very like, important. Um, I mean, otherwise, if you're starting on a name, like, I mean, then we're just talking heads. Like, I think our fans deserve, like, the in-depth analysis that we usually give, so. And don't forget, we got to give the inside tip of the week from uh, Tom Carter, to our anonymous source. So Ooh, we'll have that coming up for you as uh, well. Man. Uh, yeah. Um. Tom, Tom Carter asked if we would just uh, say Tom C or T Carter. I I should have told you. I think that would be. We'll try. We'll try to stick to that, even though you just said it. Said the whole Oh shoot! Now, but yeah, in the future uh, we could. Just cause, sorry, guys. I mean, Tom I was... Carter is such a great guy that I don't want to like. Game, well, we also know, right? No, you guys are right. You guys know that he works for the Brewers in the ticket office, and we don't want to blow his cover or do anything that would jeopardize at all his position with Milwaukee Brewers ticket office where he works, Tom Carter. But, um, yeah. but yeah, he's our anonymous source. Let's keep anonymous. My bad this week, guys. Sorry. Almost all anonymous sources make – it seems like we're not that great with it. But, I mean, Tom Carter is maybe a special case, but he still wants that anonymity. Yeah. I mean, fair. Okay, fair enough. All right, guys. Let's. Um, Scott, you want to lead off? Craig, you can go too. Is Chad on the line yet? Nope. He, I believe he's right. pre-gaming oh. for the uh, NFL games later. Hmm. All right. We're, we're taping. Um, <laughs> all right. Um, first inning. Who will be the Brewers' next retired number? Go ahead, Scott. <laughs> um, 
I don't know that there is one on the current roster. I mean, even I fine. I'll say I'll say Josh Haters, whatever that number is. But I I just don't. I, I don't think there's one on the current roster. I don't know. I guess I'll say eight, even though I won't even say his name. <laughs> All right. I don't know why you wouldn't say his name, but Ryan Braun. Yeah, I agree. I think it'll be Braun. I think that the fact that he's now been a part of three Brewers playoff teams um, on a total of five in franchise history is uh, probably worthy of a retired number. Well, um, all right. Number two, uh, Scotty, which current Brewers pitcher will be most likely to be jettisoned this offseason? Jettisoned, huh? Um, yep. Wow. Is um, is Jordan Lyle still in the team? He was already non-tendered, but you could say him still. Okay, yeah. <laughs> All right, well. I, going, I, should, I should have been more specific. I was kind of going starting pitcher, but I didn't mention that. That's all right. Scott got a loophole. It's fine. Yeah, I, mean, um, I don't think he'll be jettisoned, but I think Wade Miley is going to leave the team for a bigger payday. Well, all right. I'll say Wade Miley then. Vince, all right. Sure, I mean, <laughs> Scott's pretty wise in his answer. I'll say Wade Miley. I'm going to go Chase Anderson in a kind of a weird scenario situation. I think he'll be traded, but um, – we shall see. All right. Um, going forward in 2019, third inning, which National League team, which contending National League team would you most want to face in a wild card playoff game in 2019? One game playoff. Would we want to face? Yep. All right. Scott? Um, I'm going to go with the Padres. I um, <laughs> think it'll be uh, great That's to see them make it. And then, I mean, you figure if they do make it, it's not by much. There's probably not a lot of talent there. Nice. Okay. I'll, I'll, go with, I'll say Cardinals. Yeah, that was actually going to be my answer, too, was St. Louis. I feel like we've really got a monkey off our back with those guys. So, for some reason, it seems like. We we've we've beaten whatever demons existed with them this season. That that series in St. Louis in September was just awesome. Just loved it. All right, um, fourth inning. Yeah, which which one Brewers player from the past you wish was on the current roster? Um, like where we could actually use them, like not just a like pie in the sky, but we have a need. Like, I go Bill and Ted style in a phone booth, grab them, and say, you're playing, like, that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, well, then let's take, um, let's just take Yount and toss him at short, and suddenly, wow, that's a great team. All right. Craig? Um... I'll just say Rob Deere. No, expo- no explanation necessary. So he would replace Yelich and right? That makes sense. Um, all right. Small sample. Oh, man. Could you imagine Raleigh Fingers in that pen doing multiple innings, just fitting in with everybody else? Right. Um, I'm going to go with Ted Simmons. I think he would really solidify our catching position. Yeah, that's a good pick. 
Thanks, man. <laughs> um, Scott, what grade he would you give David Stern? Anyway. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah, he should definitely be. When you look at his numbers compared to Gary Carter or uh, Ernie Lombardi or even Bill Dickey, other catchers in the hall, he, he stacks right up with those guys. So, yes, he should be. I would say he's in which case, in top five all-time snub for the Hall of Fame. In, in which case, uh, Simmons would probably be the next retired number because he played a number of seasons in Milwaukee. It wasn't like Don Sutton who was here for like, you know, two seasons or whatever. I think that Ted Simmons played here for five years. I think that that's long enough to get a retired number. Look at fingers. So, I mean, he played yeah. here a year longer than he did. It's a good callback to your first question. Let's do it. Thanks, Scotty. Um, all right. What grade do you give David Stearns for his overall tenure as the GM, Scott? I'm sorry, I didn't hear the question. What 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 grade does David sorry what grade does David Stearns get for his overall tenure as GM of the Brewers? I don't know how you couldn't give him anything but an A. I'll give him an A minus just because I feel like um, if we would have potentially pulled the trigger on some of those big big trades, like I mean. Even even though I hate Manny Machado, every Brewer fan does. If Manny Machado was on the Brewers, do we go to the World Series? You just subtract him from the team that beat us. You, you, then again, I mean, it's not like he killed us in the postseason, and Arcia actually had a good postseason. Yeah, Arcia played his ass off. Yeah, he did. Scott's a family, family friendly show. He played his um off. I'm going to go with A- minus as well, because Scott's, once again, very wise at that answer. I'm just going to say because of uh, the second baseman he acquired this year. Um, I'm sorry, it's a minus. I'll give him an A because he did not acquire Dozier. But, yeah. Um, I, I, Stearns is obviously taking a franchise that was, like, you know, in last place, I think, when he took over to uh, being a, a – step away from the World Series in a very short amount of time. I mean, this rebuild has lasted um, far less time, I think, than any of us would have predicted. So I'm going to give him an A. I think he's done a great job. Um, we'll probably run out of time, guys. All right. Which ballpark is highest on your bucket list to see that you have not been to yet, Scott? Um, Fenway. Probably okay. should do Craig? it. Craig? I'd say Fenway Park. All right. I've been to Fenway, so I'm going to say San Francisco. Mm. Brooke Review Road Trip. That's right. it. Well, Scott, I've been to San Fran. Yeah. yeah but, the Brewers, but the Brewers play out there the same week that Oakland is home or vice versa next season, so it could be a possibility, guys. We should look at that. Hmm. Right. I'm not, if you guys haven't been to Oakland, we could go to a Brewers game at one and uh, just a game at the other. Um, all right. Seventh inning. Which Brewers pitcher do you want to start – uh, one game playoffs next season. He could also be a guy that's not currently on the roster. Um, I will go with um, Trey Peralta. Oh, Scott, were you first? Yeah, but right. somebody that's not on the roster. So, I mean, well, welcome to Milwaukee, Jacob DeGrom. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. I'll go Syndergaard. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Um, who will be the Brewers' closer in 2019, Scott? I think it's going to be Knable. Um I hope he'll be able to hold on to it all year. But um, And believe it or not, if we were going to do our, our award thing or whatever, I'm, I mean, looking at the regular season numbers of Jeffers, I mean, that guy was just phenomenal. But, um, faltered a little bit in the playoffs, and now uh, Knable 
it was his job originally. He seems to be, quote, back, so to speak. So I, I think it's going to be him. Okay, Craig? I also picked Canable. Yeah, we're unanimous in this one. I think Canable as well. I think he earned it in September. All right, guys, ninth inning, last question. Uh, we know that Christian Yelich being the NL MVP is probably the Brewers' most valuable player, but who was our most valuable pitcher this season? Scott Bartel. Um, so that's so funny. Uh, even though Josh Hader did so, so, so much for this team, I, I am actually going to go against what I would normally do. Yeah, I'm going against the grain. I'm going to give it to Jeffers. I mean, he look at it. Um, his ERA was almost a full run uh, number. He didn't get all the strikeouts, and he wasn't pitching in, like, unbelievable situations for two, three innings at a time like Hater. But, um, you know, uh, the ERA is there. The Ks were still there. Uh, he was dependable throughout the entire season, and he finished. He even finished third on the team and wins. Nice, good call. Good call, uh, Craig. Uh, hater. Yeah, my I, Scotty, I think he made a lot of great points. I'm gonna go hater as well, just because he was so dominant. If he would have been just, you know, a little bit worse, then you could I think go with Jeffers. But yeah, I'm gonna go with hater as well. In this scenario. So that's it, guys. That's what I got for your rapid nine here today. Awesome. Oh, nice job, man. Yep, thanks, guys. Want to thank all the interns and everybody. Hey, remember to give us a follow on Twitter. It's BrewCurview1 on Twitter. And um, you can keep your emails coming in with questions. We will get some more of them um, in future shows. Podcasts with an S at gmail.com. And uh, thank you to our intern, Michelle, for her uh, work today. But um, we'll see if she lasts another show. I doubt it. All right. Well, I'm excited about the hot stove season coming up. We'll have some more uh, possible rumors or uh, potential brewer signings as we move forward uh, into the next month. Um, and the holiday season here is upon us. So happy holidays to you guys. Hopefully we can yeah. play some Milwaukee for, uh, for the holidays and give me a call because that would be awesome. But anyway, in the meantime, oh, okay. go, hey, go David Stern. Okay. okay. Sorry. I wanted to interrupt. I know. I know, I'm a horrible human being. But um, I wanted to just point out of our pending free agents right now, so far in the poll, Wade Miley is dominating as the player that the Brewers really want to bring back at 72%. Mike Moustakis is at 25%. Soria is at 3%. And Gio Gonzalez currently at 0%. So... Those are free agents. I'm sure we'll talk a little bit more about that in our next episode. Yeah, and we will be back before Christmas with our next podcast, of course. So we'll we'll have our usual Brew Review Christmas special and post-gift exchange um, via the web. So that'll be great. Um, in the meantime, happy Thanksgiving. Who's going to save Christmas this year? You are, Scott. Don't be, don't be an idiot. I'm thinking oh, about yeah. just letting it go. Is it, you know? Scott, yeah. what Dallas depends on you. Put your head down. That's it. <laughs> All right, guys. All right, well, uh, go David Stern, go Milwaukee Brewers, go off season, and stay classy, everyone. Stay classy. Go Brewers, guys. Go Brewers. Go Brewers.